Kobe White absolutely filling it up at the Sonny Parker Unity Classic. We're going to talk about that. We're going to ask the question. This is based off an article for Beast Report. Is P. Will still the young player with the highest ceiling on the Chicago Bulls? And is he still the most promising young player? We're also going to talk about the Bulls officially signing Terry Taylor. And the NBA in-season tournament drops today. We're getting into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but you can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for the day. And first up, Kobe White absolutely cooked. At the Sunny Parker Unity Classic, dropping between 49 to 51 points. Apparently, there's some question there on what the actual number of points that he dropped. But, you know, we're going to overlay the video here. Um, if Kobe White absolutely cooking, he just showed everything. Step backs, taking players off dribbles, everything. Now, I do want to be clear here. Nobody is saying by any stretch of the imagination that because Kobe did this at a pro-am, it means that he's going to be able to do this at the NBA level. Much like I said, when it comes to Patrick Williams, when it comes to Dale and Terry, when it comes to anybody cooking out a program, it is what it is, right? You you want to see your player absolutely perform against non-NBA level talent, right? Um, it, it would be a bigger sign if like Kobe got locked up by somebody there. Uh, so the you know the fact it's just fun to see, right? And Kobe, you know, we know that confidence was a big part of his game going to the next level last season. And so, you know, seeing him come in with the confidence and just being able to just flash the moves that he flashed, right? That was, it was, it was major, right? As far as like just seeing the skill set there. Now, can he do that at the NBA level? That's the biggest question there, right? Is he going to be able to come in with that level of poise, aggression and things like that and find a monochrome of that success at the NBA level? That remains to be seen. We'll see how Kobe comes into preseason. We'll see how Kobe performs, you know, during the preseason games, going into the regular season, things like that. But you know, while we've having the conversation, and we had a video last week uh, after a question by a, a listener asking, could Patrick Williams realistically win most improved player of the year? Here's what I'll say is that when it comes to Kobe White, especially if he ends up being the sixth man off the bench, right, if he ends up being that first guard off the bench, he absolutely could win an award next season. Now, I don't know if he's going to do enough to win most improved player or sixth man of the year. We both have to win as a team for that to happen. But don't be surprised if Kobe White turns some heads next season. The biggest question is he's shown so much growth defensively last season. He showed so much growth in his decision-making, both on the offense and defensive side. That weak side defense has been growing over the last couple of seasons also. And so if he adds in that scoring punch and ability that we've seen Kobe White to have in flashes, if he adds that and is consistent with that, right? And by that, I don't mean that Kobe White needs to have this 18 point per game output every single night, right? But if he gives you consistently 15 to 16 points every night coming off the bench with decent efficiency, right? Decent efficiency. He doesn't even have to be 50, 40, 90 or anything like that, but with decent efficiency, Kobe White absolutely can get into some of those conversations. The biggest thing is, even outside of that, not even worried about the stats, impacting the team. And I think that Kobe, more so than any other time in his career, understands how he can positively impact the game for the Chicago Bulls, right? So that's something that we're going to look at. We're going to see, continue to monitor. Shout out for Kobe for going out there and dropping a 50-piece, right? You got to give him credit for that. Uh, but, you know, let's see how he performs on the NBA level before we get too much into it, 
right? But with that being said, with, you know, Kobe White kind of being the topic there, the next question that I want to go to is asking, like, is Pete Will still the mo- the young player on the Chicago Bulls with the most potential and promise, right? And by that, again, I mean, when I'm talking about young players, I mean, like, sub-24 years old, right? That's kind of the key part of what we're saying, and that would include Kobe White, Io DeSumo, uh, Patrick Williams, Julian Phillips, Dalen Terry, right? I, again, I know Terry Taylor's only 23 years old, but I don't think that well, anybody's really kind of arguing the upside that Terry Taylor has as a player, right? I think we we pretty much know that, you know, Terry Taylor is a guy that's, he's going to be an energy guy, right? And, and the guy that can definitely come out, and we'll talk about Terry in a minute, but like, is Patrick Williams still there? Now, in this article from Bleach Report, they point out the fact that Patrick Williams was in the 77th percentile as far as defensive estimated plus minus, right? And so that's a metric that is used by a lot of NBA teams when they're putting their team together in front offices, when they're looking at value added by a player. You also look at Patrick Williams' career, 41.4 career three-point shooting percentage. That would have him top 25 all-time via this article if he qualified for that. Again, I don't think anybody's expecting Patrick Williams to keep up a 41% career three-point shooting percentage. If he does, hey, listen, that's dangerous. Now, Patrick Williams, as a 3-and-D player, and, he, and, and while some Bulls fans, and I see you guys in the comments, like to say, oh, get rid of Patrick Williams. He's nothing. He's not. No, Patrick Williams has already shown that he's going to be, at the bare minimum, a 3 and D player at the NBA level, and that can have you as a career starter, right? The, the biggest thing question with, with Patrick Williams is that, you know, are you going to give that consistent level of effort, that focus, right? And, you know, the aggression part of it, you know, but do you have the intelligence then on how you go about your points? And even in this article, they talk about with more opportunity, even kind of projecting out what Patrick Williams has already done, it it, it shows pretty well that Patrick Williams can be a pretty solid starter at the NBA level, maybe not hit that superstar potential, but he still could, right? But the question that I want to ask and bring here is that, is Patrick Williams still the player that many Bulls fans look at with the highest potential on the team, right? We all know that if Patrick Williams makes a leap, how that changes things for the Chicago Bulls team, right? But I am starting to get to the point to where, again, this is not a slight on Patrick Williams because I still do think, and I've been very consistent on the channel with saying, Patrick Williams is not the finished product yet, and I don't think the Bulls should give up on him anytime soon. He is going to get a second contract with the Chicago Bulls, and he's going to be here to whatever the next version of the Chicago Bulls roster does start to shape up and look like. The biggest question is, what is his place in that roster, right? And so we have other young players here. You have Dalen Terry, who we really haven't gotten to see much at the NBA level. I know a lot of people are trying to write him off due to a, a, a bad summer league, right? And, and, and you know, the lack of uh, development that they've seen from him as well. You have Io DeSumo, who a lot of Bulls fans have already tried to write off as just a player that, oh, it doesn't matter after one solid rookie season and a questionable sophomore season. And then you still have Julian Phillips, which is the rookie this year. Way too uh, early to say really too much on Julian Phillips. We probably won't know what we have in him realistically on a Billy Donovan coach team for probably about another two years, right? But ultimately, is Patrick Williams still that young player with the highest potential and upside, right? And here's what I'll say. I think right now, yes, you can still say that Patrick Williams has that highest ceiling. But I tell you what, Kobe isn't that too far off his heels. And I think that with the way that Kobe White has grown defensively and the, the scoring punch that he's already shown, and I tell you what, one thing we don't really worry about with Kobe White is his his reluctance to take shots, right? Like, we, we've we seen it. Even when Kobe isn't hitting a shot, he's still going to shoot. And if he can make that a more consistent part of his game and be more efficient with that, and with the defensive potential that he's shown, I, I mean, it starts getting into, like, apples and oranges, I guess, in a way. But, like, 
I'm starting to think and and kind of look, still look at, yeah, yeah, Kobe's a little older, right? Don't get me wrong on that. He absolutely is. But I'm still kind of looking at them maybe as like they're closer than what I looked at before. Going into last season, I would have said clearly Patrick Williams has the highest ceiling. And like I said before, I'm not necessarily saying he doesn't, but I do think that every year that goes by and we don't see that next level of any type of, well, in, in, in specific areas with Patrick Williams, that Kobe White is closing that gap some. So, and we'll see, you know, if Dalen does come in and, and with that defense and energy and getting out in transition, what does he show this year, right? With Julian Phillips as well. So, you know, we'll end up seeing that, but I think Patrick Williams is still the, the right answer there, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay the right answer if you get my drift. Let me know what you guys think on that. Uh, now, next up, we dropped a video, an emergency video after the Bulls officially signed Terry Taylor to their final um roster spot, their main roster spot, unless they decide to go ahead and waive Carleek Jones. Carleek does have an option on his contract to where I think it, it's up to October 6th, 16th, I think is when it is, when they can remove his contract with no penalty, look to sign another veteran minimum player. But until that happens, the, the Bulls' 15-man roster seems set. Now, Terry Taylor isn't going to get a lot of minutes on this Bulls team, at least we hope not, right? Hopefully, it, it, we would have to go way far down on the depth chart before we get to Terry Taylor. But now that that Bulls 15-man roster is really set, we can start trying. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. You know, Take a look at like what the roles are going to be, which we've already said. I've kind of already picked the the Bulls nine to ten man roster, uh, well rotation spots on here, and with the players that are going to be fighting over that. But with Terry Taylor, they do add somebody in who can come in and rebound the ball. Right, he's going to come in and be a dog re uh, rebounding wise, if nothing else. Right, and you need that that rebound if you just you're getting killed on the boards and you need somebody who's going to come in and get you a couple of extra possessions. Terry Taylor is a pretty good bet on that. Right now, again. I don't think that this is necessarily a bad signing. It's an underwhelming one, right? Especially because some Bulls fans had the hopes for Kelly Oubre Jr. And, and Christian Watson. But now we get to pivot and talk about what that play style is now going to be for the Chicago Bulls. And I think it really kind of stays the same. I still think that this team specifically, well, especially for the players coming off the bench, will benefit from being a team that rebounds the ball well, fights for rebounds, gets uh, you know turnovers, gets deflections, and gets out in transition. I think that that's going to be the, the most beneficial play style for this Chicago Bulls team, and specifically that second unit. Now, we know in basketball, it's not hockey lineups. You're not switching the whole lineups out there. You're going to stagger it and have different players out there, but I still think when you look at it, right, Javon Carter is a player that can play in either more of an up-tempo or slow-down half-court offense, right? He's not going to do a lot of half-court facilitating for you, but then when you look at Zach Levine, definitely benefits from being more a, a more faster-paced team. And again, like I've said before, I'm not saying a team that should just run and run. But like, if you're getting rebounds defensively, if you're getting if you're forcing turnovers defensively, those type of things, you want to get out in transition. 
Alex Caruso is another player like that. Patrick Williams, I think, could benefit from that as well. Uh, yeah, he's not the quickest laterally, but, hey, I've seen him in person. The guy can move uh, uh, forward and back. And then uh, you look at Andre Drummond's another player that benefits from that. Dalen Terry with not having, you know, the shooting prowess, I would assume, who also benefits from that. So you, you get to a place where now because of the roster that we have, right, and it's another smaller roster with not a lot of shot blocking on it. Now, again, the reason why I said shot blocking instead of rim protection is because there's two forms of rim protection. You can protect the rim by playing good enough on-ball defense that your, that's the, your opponents can't get to the rim. And I think that's what the Bulls are going to try to do here. Better point of attack defense. But ultimately, like, you have to now ask yourself, once again, is Billy Donovan going to have the play style necessary to get the most out of this version of the roster? I have my doubts there, right? I have my doubts around Billy Donovan. I have my doubts around him being able to adjust his system to kind of match the personnel that he has and try to get the most out of it. I think Billy is going to still rely heavily. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine with the little Nikola Vucevic uh, 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 sprinkled in there and then everybody else take the open three-point shots that come in this offense. And that is one thing that Billy Donovan's offense does create consistently is open three-point shots for the role players. Hopefully we have role players that are going to hit him better hit them at a more consistent clip this upcoming season but you know I, I ultimately with what the Bulls have done now with this roster they have a fairly young core and team yes they added two veterans well, Javon Carter is still what 26 years old they added Tory Craig who's who's well, well older than that they brought back Boots they brought back Kobe they brought back Io um and so you know we now have a situation in which we we now know what that roster is going to be right we can now start thinking that all the Thoughts on a, on, a, on a Christian Wood or anybody else, all that's gone, right? I guess, theoretically, there's still going to be Bulls fans that say, well, we can waive Carleek, so you're telling me there's still a chance? Even though I, I've always been adamant with those players weren't going to, the Bulls weren't going to go after those players. I just, I, I never really saw that. Um, and if they players, those players even do kind of take a veteran minimum, it's going to be for a team like Miami after they trade for Dame Lillard, right? We've already started hearing those rumblings now that Christian Wood could actually be interested in joining the Miami Heat's like, no shit, Hayes called that like two months ago. So shout out to Hayes on that one. Uh, but, you know, so coming down to it is just this, right? AK has set the roster. AK now we know what it's going to be, uh, you know, outside the the off chance that Carly uh, is waived and we go out after another veteran signing, which at that point, you know, is it going to be Javante Green who, you know, shout out to Javante. Like, it, it just seems, and I saw a lot of you guys ask yesterday as well, after the Terry Taylor episode dropped, like, what does this mean for Javante Green? Well, I, I think that Javante's injury is way more serious than what we were realizing. I think that, that that injury with his knee is really what kept him from signing with the team. And it's unfortunately it's probably not going to be with the Chicago Bulls. Again, they could wave Carleek and bring Javante in, a guy who's their guy, has more size, can play more positions than Carleek, can for sure. But, you know, we'll ultimately see with that. I don't really expect much out of that with this Bulls team. But, you know, I've been surprised before. Um, but that's really what we're set. The 15-man roster is now set. Um, it's up to Billy Donovan to get the most out of this roster, and hopefully that this roster can forge that identity that we were looking for for so much last season, right? Hopefully they can they can get that team identity. Hopefully they can bring that around. And, you know, I have my concerns as well with, the, with this team. It's not by any stretch of the imagination this amazing roster that was built that you now look at and say, oh, this is going to be a team that can get out the first round. This is still going to be a team that, the sum of the parts are going to have to come together to provide more value than what the parts do individually. We're going to have to see the, the role players hopefully fill in the gaps between the, the core three um, a little bit more th better than what we did last season, right? All those things still maintain and hold true. And 
it, I think it does still put a highlight on what Billy Donovan is able to get out of this roster. And I know a lot of Bulls fans are going to say, well, this isn't the most impressive roster. How can you expect to coach? Well, that's what coaching is for. That is the difference that coaching makes for teams, right? It, it, it takes a team that maybe doesn't look the best on paper and, and creates a well-oiled machine out of. That is the importance of coaching at the NBA level. And so we'll see what Billy Donovan can get. It's not all on him. Let me be clear here. Regardless of the Bulls' success, failures, whatever it is, it's not all on Billy Donovan. It's a mixture between the roster. It's a mixture between Billy Donovan. And it's a lot of the front office as well, building this roster and not really having the aggressive moves that we would like to see. But like I said over in the Terry Taylor video, this team was right up against the luxury tax. We were $1.8 million below the luxury tax. And I had no expectations realistically of this team going into the luxury tax. This team is going to have to prove that they can fight and compete. This team is going to have to forge that identity and become that scrappy team that that punches above their weight before we can even talk about this team going into the luxury tax. And even then, right, DeMar DeRozan's contract's coming up. They can do something with Lonzo Ball's contract with exceptions, things like that, to still get and, and have some flexibility while still maintaining under the luxury tax. And as long as that's a possibility, you have to know as a Bulls fan, especially if you're a long-term one, that this team ain't paying the luxury tax. It ain't happening. We can make a, a, a conversation and argument for it all day. Probably ain't happening. So we'll see what happens with this team overall. Like I said uh, before, a healthy Zach Levine to start the season, having your point guard to start the season now as well, growth from Kobe White, hopefully growth from Patrick Williams, uh, to see what we have in, in, in Dalen Terry, Julian Phillips. Hopefully that starts increasing kind of our view on the Chicago Bulls. But again, that's, that's, that's a tall test to ask for faith from Bulls fans from an organization that hasn't done much to earn back the trust and faith from their team. Now, before we go, we do want to also talk about today, the in-season tournament schedule drops at 3 p.m. Eastern time today. So we will be discussing that on tomorrow's show, how that looks for the Bulls team. I think, like I said before, uh, had the, had the mid-season tournament been a thing last season, the Bulls would have went in as the number one seed based off their record against the teams that were in that are in our group. Now, we're going to see if the Bulls can benefit from that and play well again next season. But I really, like, what are you guys' views on the in-season tournament? Like, I really would like to hear from you guys between now and the voicemails this weekend, really seeing how you guys feel about this in-season tournament. I'm still really bullish on it. Like, I'm really up and down on it. I don't really have, like, this amazing feeling on it one way or another. kind of just is what it is in a lot of ways to me. Like, it just... I, I'm going to watch it, right? And I'm, I'm sure the games are going to be cool to watch and see. And I, I like that they're doing it in Vegas, right? They're actually stopping and doing it in Vegas. But, like, uh, I just, uh, it's a it's a mess situation for me. But I'll be interested to hear how you guys feel. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys and like like in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.